Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 11, Out of the House, Not the Heart. Thank you, as always, for being here with me. Just a quick note, as per usual, if you'd like to support the show, the best way you can do so is by rating and leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen. And of course, if it feels right to share this podcast, whether you do it on social media, by word of mouth, that is always an honor as well. But you are supporting just by being here and by listening. So very, very grateful to be doing it with you another week. And by doing it, of course, I mean speaking into a microphone and uh, sharing this podcast with you. (laughs) I am a child. So let's go ahead and go into our opening ritual of singing the sound of OM one time. Let me get my mind out of the gutter and bring some more consciousness into my mind, which is what OM does. OM is the sound of consciousness. It literally means consciousness. It means awareness. And it is supposed to be the fundamental vibration of consciousness that holds everything in the universe, animates everything in the universe. And when we sing it, we're calling out to that deep awareness and asking it to meet us where we are. So you can do that silently or out loud, singing along with me. And if you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. Feel free to close your eyes. Maybe gaze down the tip of your nose or gaze softly at the floor. Whatever's comfortable and, of course, safe for you. If you're driving, definitely don't close your eyes. But maybe do whatever you do, if you can, to turn your attention towards yourself for a moment. And then take a deep breath in through your nose, if you can. Big breath out, clearing the path for consciousness with your breath. Deep breath in for one ohm. Thank you for doing that practice with me. And now we'll go into our discussion for the week, which was inspired by a quote that comes from Ma Jaya Sati Bhagavati. And if you know me or you follow me on social media or you've listened to episodes of this podcast before, you've probably heard about Ma before. She is the guru, which just means master teacher of my yoga lineage. She was a spiritual teacher who was an advocate for AIDS victims. She had an ashram, a spiritual center, this 80 acre gorgeous space in Florida where she lived and taught for almost 40 years. Um, She taught the yoga of service, the yoga of of unconditional love and to many of her students she was an embodiment and remains even now that she's passed uh, an embodiment of unconditional love and this quote is i won't throw you out of my heart 
but I can throw you out of my house. (laughs) And I'm paraphrasing a little. I don't know if those are the exact words, but essentially she said, I won't throw you out of my heart, but I can throw you out of my house. And the reason that I started thinking about that quote right now in particular is because we continue to be in this re-intensification of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yep, I'm talking about it again because, um, you know, I, I sort of, the, the context of this podcast is, you know, discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. And right now, the moments that we're living in include continued pandemic living. Um, and, you know, right now we have a vaccine pretty readily available and, um, There are folks who are not vaccinated, there are folks who are vaccinated, and there's a lot of emotion and discourse and discussion around all of that. And just to fully own my positionality, to own where I'm sitting in this discussion with, uh, you know, without judgment, without anger, I am vaccinated and I believe in vaccination and I I fully trust that vaccination is the way out of this pandemic. So I just want to be fully transparent around where I'm at. Um, But not everyone feels that way. And I have my own feelings about that, which I'll get into some in this podcast, but I do, I want to stay away from, from shame. I just want to sit in reality. Um, but, uh, for, for now, I just sort of explaining where this episode comes from. And it comes from the fact that there's been a lot of discourse around vaccinated, unvaccinated, all of these, um, just, just a lot of feelings and a lot of emotion, like I said. And so there is this particular post that I've seen shared on Instagram a couple of times now. Uh, and it says, unvaccinated friends, I love you vaccinated friends I love you and again I'm kind of paraphrasing that might not be the exact phrasing but it's basically saying like unvaccinated folks love you vaccinated love you um and I my my feeling around that is is that I'm a little bit confused as to where the sentiment comes from and I'm not confused about what it means because yes, it makes a lot of sense. Like my, one of the major teachings of my yoga lineage, because Ma Jaya, my, you know, master teacher that I've explained about also had a teacher of her own because that's how yoga works. It gets passed down from teacher to teacher. He was an Indian saint uh, named Neem Karoli Baba. And one of his most widely known teachings is love everyone. And so that is a huge piece of my yoga lineage. So of course, yes, we love everyone, um, regardless of whether they're vaccinated or not. And that's where my confusion comes from around this particular post that's going around because it's like, well, that's kind of not the point. No one said that we didn't love either our unvaccinated or vaccinated friends. That was really never in question. We can absolutely love the folks who um, make decisions that are different than our own. Doesn't mean we have to agree with the decision It doesn't mean we can't recognize the consequences of that decision. So that's where this ma teaching has been really helpful for me. I won't throw you out of my heart, but I can throw you out of my house. And in this context, it's like, yes, no one ever said I don't love you. Of course I love you. But I can be real about the consequences of a decision that you're making and make my own choices as to how deeply I choose to engage with you. And 
I think what recognizing the consequences of, of that decision means, uh, from my perspective, and I am a person who is vaccinated, so again, being really transparent about my position without offering judgment, but just getting real about the consequences of the decision to be unvaccinated, is that it is much easier to get more sick from COVID-19, specifically as we are in this time in August of 2021, where the Delta variant is really sweeping through the U.S., um, it is much easier to get more severely sick if you are not vaccinated. And I think that's an important distinction because um, vaccines work in that they it was never sort of promised that we would not get sick from the vaccine. The vaccine is not preventative and it's not a cure. It reduces the severity of illness. So for folks who have not gotten vaccinated with this highly contagious variant that it's very easy to catch, it is also very easy to get much sicker much more quickly. And the consequence of that is that it's much easier for unvaccinated folks to, it's much more likely that unvaccinated folks will need to go to the hospital if they do get sick. And if there are more more and more people in the hospital, which um, based on data and the accounts of many healthcare, profession- healthcare professionals there are right now, um, hospital beds fill up and hospital systems become overwhelmed and a lot of resources have to go toward caring for these very sick folks who have COVID. And the consequence of that is that there are less resources for people who are sick with other things, whether it be cancer, whether it be someone who gets in a car accident, whether it be someone who has a heart attack, because so many resources have to go toward this kind of disastrous COVID illness, there are then less resources for folks who are sick uh, with other things. And that's kind of how it affects us all. Even if I, as a vaccinated person, will get less sick if I do catch COVID, um, and someone who's unvaccinated will get more sick, of course, it is their choice to uh, take on that risk of getting more sick. But it does affect us all in that if I or someone I love is to um, become ill or get hurt in some other way that has nothing to do with COVID, there are less resources to care for us. So that's kind of the the connection or to use a Buddhist term, interdependence piece of this. And so that's one of the things I mean about, of course I love you. I am not throwing you out of my heart. Um, however, I am getting really real about some of the consequences of, of the decision, right? And one of the other kind of consequences that are arising are this continuation of a connection between the spiritual community and medical misinformation. Because, you know, a a lot of this conversation or discussion that I'm having here stems from a post that I'm seeing shared on Instagram. And it's been been shared uh, by both people that I know and love very much, but also some spiritual influencers who have a lot of followers and have a large audience and reach a lot of people and have a lot of credibility in that way. And and I say that because I think when people have a large audience and a lot of credibility, what they say really, really matters, even more so kind of the larger the megaphone is. And so these spiritual influencers, I, I continue to see, share medical misinformation. Folks who are authorities um, and teachers and who folks trust to tell them about matters of the heart, matters of their life purpose, are using that platform to also share the content of other people who are very well known for 
misleading people about the realities of this pandemic, about the realities of vaccines. And again, not throwing you out of my heart. There is no love lost there, but I can sit with the reality of those, like the reality of the consequences of that decision to use a very large platform to propagate misinformation that has a real and tangible death toll. I can see that as incredibly harmful. And without kind of shaming or being uh, toxic or kind of spewing vitriol about it, I can throw you out of my house. (laughs) As in these spiritual influencers, some of whom I have promoted and trusted and learned from and some of their products I've bought, I can choose to unfollow them. I can choose not to be one more person who is kind of holding up the size and credibility of their audience. Um, And on a more interpersonal level, the folks who choose not to be vaccinated, um, actually, it's not really a personal level because, you know, the reality of my life is I know and love people who are are unvaccinated and I am in situations where I'm going to be around them and I have held clear and loving space with them around it. They know what my boundaries are as far as keeping respectful distance, masking when necessary. And so for 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 an interpersonal relationship, boundaries are sort of the key. It's um, not throwing it out of my heart, but clear boundaries, clear communication, and um, just just being willing to have the hard conversations. But on a societal level, um, it is things are starting to unfold where folks who are vac- who are not vaccinated may not be able to do all the things they once did. They, there might be certain restaurants that they can't go to, certain events they can't go to if they cannot attest to the fact that they're vaccinated. And to me, that's kind of a societal embodiment of this idea that not throwing you out of my heart, there is no, at no point do those folks who are not vaccinated deserve any less love and dignity. But there might be some throwing out of the house in that day. There are certain spaces that are holding the boundary that it's like you can't be here. Um, and and so I don't know if there is, I can't come to a, a pretty conclusion on this. I can't wrap it up in a beautiful bow. Um, Because like I said, I am working every single day to hold space for the choices of others. I love people who are unvaccinated. And like that meme said, I still love them. And I am navigating the complexities of this situation and working so hard um, not to offer any kind of judgment, um, but at the same time, just sitting with the reality of it. Um, And so I'm just sitting in it. I'm sitting in it with the wisdom of my ma, my guru. I won't throw you out of my heart, but I can throw you out of my house. And now that I'm saying it out loud again, I'm really struck by the fact that she says can. She's not, she doesn't say I'm going to throw you out of my house. She says I can, as in I have the choice. And I really feel like that speaks to some of what I discussed earlier. It's like, it's about knowing ourselves, holding our boundaries with love and clarity. I can throw you out of my house. Or I can show up to you and have a hard conversation and hold clear open space. Or I can unfollow you on social media and um, just not choose, choose not to engage with, you know, misinformation, right? It's I can, not I will, meaning that we have the choice. So I'm sitting with that. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm so aware that the realities of COVID are so present and pervasive and the intensity has dialed up and most people I talk to are feeling the collective exhaustion and wildness. And so while I want to sit with that reality, because that's part of what this podcast is about, I also want to offer so that we don't have to spend all of our time just inundating ourselves with the pandemic. I want to offer that this wisdom from Ma, I won't throw you out of my heart, but I can throw you out of my house can also be applied to situations outside of the pandemic. It's about that that fierce commitment to holding love no matter what, while also knowing that we can have boundaries. We can end relationships. We can open space for the hard conversations, especially if we are hurt or uncomfortable or we need something right? I was recently in a relational situation that did not feel good. I um, kind of was exploring an attraction with someone and it did not pan out. And the way that it unfolded didn't feel, um, there was just not a lot of communication. And I held the love there and I leaned in to try to say, hey, this feels bad to me. Let's have the hard conversation. Um, And so I think the affirmation is that it's possible to kind of hold these multifaceted and even sometimes conflicting realities, that I can hold the love for you and I can hold my boundaries, my worth, my dignity, my agency to remove myself from any situation. And so then it becomes a question of, okay, the, the throwing out of the house parts, right? The setting boundaries, removing ourselves, having the hard conversations. That's, you know, even though it's, it's not easy, it's relatively straightforward to know how to do that part. But it's the not throwing out of the heart part, <laughs> the loving part that is complex and messy and hard and sometimes even painful. So the question then becomes, how do we do that? And you know what my answer is always going to be. We can talk about it all we want. We can verbalize and work with it in the mind. But how we embody it and how we live it and how we make it real for ourselves is through practice. So here we go. It is that time on the Awareness Offerings podcast where we go into guided meditation practice. So if you are doing something that does not allow for you to sit for meditation practice, this might be a good time to pause the podcast, make note of the time code, and come back when you have the space to sit. Or if you're coming along now, I invite you to bring yourself into a comfortable seat. As always, a comfortable seat is any seat where you can lengthen your spine. The spine is the central energy pathway. It is the central power line of the body. So when it's long and open, things just move freely. There's, a, there's an openness and a flow. And you can find your long spine however you do that. You might sit on the floor with your legs crossed, kind of the classical meditation posture. If you do that, I highly encourage you to sit on a a cushion, a pillow, a blanket, anything at all to lift your hips up higher than your knees to give your hips and your low back lots of space. 
If you're on the floor, you can sit with that crossed-legged posture, but you don't have to. You can sit with your legs extended, knees bent, feet on the floor. You can even sit on your heels um, or a block between your heels. You can sit with your spine up against the wall for extra support. Support yourself however you need to. But you don't even have to sit on the floor, as always. You can sit in a chair. You can sit on your bed. As long as you have a long spine, and an upright spine, ideally, just to keep you awake through practice. Whatever you do with your hands and arms to find that is all good. So you find your way into your seat, knowing that if even if we're deep in this meditation, if you need to adjust your body at all to take care of your body, you are free to do so. But as you settle in here, just starting to settle into some stillness. Maybe you close your eyes. Maybe you gaze down the tip of your nose or at the floor. Just turning your attention toward yourself in whatever way is doable and supportive for you. Just putting down all the external stimuli that we are being asked to contend with right now and going inward with the intention of finding a space that is more real than both the chaos of the world and the chaos of the human mind. That is meditation. And one of the most accessible, supportive tools for turning us toward ourselves and toward the reality underneath the chaos is the breath. So maybe you start to bring your focus to your breathing. Breathing in and out through the nose if nostril breath is possible for you. Nostril breathing is a, it sends a signal to the nervous system. If we breathe from our mouths and or very shallowly, the body recognizes that as a sign of danger or distress. So the opposite is true of the nostril breath. If we're breathing in that deep um nostril if we're breathing with a deep nostril breath it sends a signal to the body and brain that there is no present danger we can dial down the stress response and settle in and so nostril breath if you can here but know that you don't have to change your breath or do anything with it right now you just start to notice to watch as another way of turning towards yourself and your present moment experience. The breath is a present moment experience. It's not happening in the past or the future. It's happening right now. And so are you. And you remember that by simply watching. And your mind might interrupt your watching of the breath and that's okay. You don't have to shame or judge yourself for that, for having a human mind as we all do. Again, we're just trying to go into a place that's a little more real than the mind. So you can simply say not now when you've noticed that you've jumped on to a train of thought and choose to come back to the breath anyway.
now that we have established this container of breath and presence for ourselves, we'll go into a formal guided meditation. This is a Buddhist meditation technique called loving kindness or metta meditation. And it is a way, it's a technique for systematically teaching ourselves how to hold love anyway, even when we disagree with folks' decisions, even when it's frustrating, even when it's maddening, uh, even when we're hurt. And we need to set boundaries, but how do we hold that love anyway? And this is how we teach, this is one way that we can teach ourselves is through loving kindness meditation. It involves creative visualization. It involves using your mind's eye. And that might be uncomfortable. It might be kind of not your style of meditation. Um, So just know that it's okay to kind of take your time with it. And it might feel weird at first, but you're showing up and that really matters. So this practice involves picturing three different people that you have different kinds of relationships with. And we start by picturing someone who inspires just complete, pure, big love for you and bringing them into your mind's eye, imagining them as if they are sitting right in front of you. It might be your cat. It might be your child. It might be a teacher, but someone who it is second nature to love, that there's no stickiness or weirdness, just pure love. See them in front of you. Feel their presence, kind of the texture of their energy with you. And you start to say to yourself in your mind and really say to them in your mind, may you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. Saying it with each inhale and exhale and really letting it rip, letting that kind of second nature love for this person pour out of you. And you might imagine just wrapping them in that love and kindness, like pulling a warm blanket around their shoulders. As they sit in front of you, you imagine looking at them and pouring your love. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. And you look at that person and you say, thank you. Thank you for teaching me about love. And then you ask them kindly to depart, to just, you almost imagine them just walking away into the distance. You find your breath, 
Maybe you find awareness of your heart because that's where this practice happens. And then we'll move on to the second person. Now you're going to picture someone that you know of but don't know very well. Maybe it's someone that you pass every day and maybe even acknowledge, but you don't really know their personal story. So there's not a deep-seated relationship, but you know of them. Maybe it's a coworker that you just see in passing, but don't talk too much. Maybe it's your mailman, right? Someone that you know of, but don't know deeply, and you picture them sitting in front of you now, as if they're right there, feeling their essence, though it may be a little little trickier to feel it since you don't know them very well, but just feeling their presence, seeing them in your mind's eye, and in your mind, breathing and saying to them, may you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. Again, just imagining the love pouring out and imagining wrapping them in it like a blanket as they sit in front of you and you offer them your loving kindness. This person that is kind of one step away from a stranger to you. Just saying, may you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. now you say to them thank you for teaching me about love and you ask them to depart you watch them walk away into the distance you return to your breath to your heart and then we'll call in the third person and this is someone that you have difficulty with this is someone this is a relationship where there's friction where You know, when you think about pouring love to them, there's some hesitation and stickiness, whoever that might be for you. And being mindful, um, there is a difference between difficulty and abuse. So we don't want to re-traumatize ourselves in this practice. So know that I am not asking you to sit with someone who has been abusive or unsafe for you. Please, please sit with someone who simply there's difficulty and friction. And in your mind's eye, you picture that person sitting in front of you. You feel their essence. It might not be easy. Stay in your heart and stay with your breath. And with your breath, you imagine looking at them and in your mind saying to them, may you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. 
May you be loved. Letting the love flow as much as it can. It might not be a tidal wave like with the first person, but maybe it's there. Maybe just the idea of it is there if you can't feel it yet. And that matters. Even whether it's actual love or just intention, you imagine just wrapping this person in it like a blanket as they sit in front of you. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be peaceful. May you be loved. And then you say to this person, thank you for teaching me about love. You ask them to depart. You watch them walk away. You return your awareness to your breath and your heart. And I'll invite you to notice how your heart, how the center of your chest, both physically, emotionally, and energetically, how it feels. Because the way we remember that we have love and we are love, even in the most difficult, tricky, and even intense circumstances, is by giving love away. And then take a deep breath in through your nose. Sigh out your mouth. Just release and ground. Two more like that. One more time. And then when you're ready, you can begin to blink your eyes open. Return to the space that you're in. Maybe maybe move your body around and invite some life and uh, awakeness back into it after sitting in stillness. But even as you come out of the formal meditation, I'll invite you to keep noticing the center of your chest. Notice if you can still feel the kind of real and dense and actual presence of that feeling of love in the center of your chest that affirmation that you have it you can hold it and you can take it with you beyond your practice and into the practice of your life (sighs) and what a practice this life is i appreciate the space to be able to do formal practice with you so that we can practice living in this intense time That particular loving-kindness meditation, uh, it's how I was taught loving-kindness, but there are uh, many different teachers who teach it a variety of ways. So there's not only one way to do it, that's just one. So thank you for joining me to fortify our ability 
to love and to live in this wild, wild world. Take care out there. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>